Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hey, how you doing? Daniel Ruiz Tyson is available for Monday the 31st of January 2022 with me, Daniel Ruiz Tyson, episode 371. Hope you're all healthy and doing what you need to be doing to keep yourself going. 0858 hours here, a cold morning in South London. You can hear the wind rattling my uh, windows, my new windows. And the draft coming through heat rationing the last few days. So wearing quite a few layers, taking the dressing gown off. Don't recall ever. No, I might have actually recorded an episode in my dressing gown recently. I can't remember. Anyway, a number of reasons for the early record. Monday's always very busy for me. Mentally, I just need to get out. So I'm keen to get to the cafe in the earlier part of the afternoon rather than after 1500 hours which is the time I've been getting there recently I've got to get my run in as well just before lunchtime waiting for a call back from the doctor and also there are carriage works the 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 road uh, across from me not the entire road but just uh, across the road from me they're doing some road works again and I've just seen them turning up and there's every chance they might start drilling before I finish recording. So I'm very keen to get this uh, show underway. Not looking forward to the run later simply because of the wind. It does disorientate me. We can, you can just hear that wind rushing around in, in your ears, but We'll see. New glasses. Wearing my new glasses. Still waiting for the other pair. It was two pairs I was getting done for a ridiculously low price. And I'm going to keep these ones, the new ones, for indoors. They told me I can still use the other glasses as a pair of runaround glasses. So I'll need to pop into uh, spec savers later on, possibly to chase them up on the other glasses. Hot. I think that's the first hard swallow there, just before 0900 hours. Hot water bottle melted at the start of last week and I've kept forgetting to buy a replacement. It's in my notebook at the back where I keep all my uh, my new shy, buy this, buy that, buy some new Poundland batteries. I mean, I've just tried brushing my teeth with my electric toothbrush, got some Kodak batteries in there, didn't work. Had to go old school with a manual toothbrush. Then I thought I'll just try the electric toothbrush again and then it was working. The only batteries really that are worth using in that budget electric uh, electric toothbrush uh, the Duracell those are the only ones really it's pointless with the uh, Kodak but uh, no doubt by this afternoon I'll have put two new Kodak batteries in there it's, it's a horrible way to live really and uh, who who would have guessed certainly I wouldn't have you know 10 15 years ago when there was a momentum to my life to my career and Kodak uh, cameras were still dominating the market who would have guessed that 15 years later both Kodak and myself would have been struggling and we would have come together me using their batteries for my budget goods so the hot water bottle melted at the top I didn't realize until I poured in the hot water from the kettle 
I got some water on my hand, scalded, had to run my hand under the cold tap. And I thought, what's going on? Have I just, is this just me? Am I tired? Have I just done this wrong? But then I just saw a a hole that was, uh, there's the voice going, a hole that was only getting bigger. The hot water bottle had to dump it. I'm not sure why that's happened because I was filling the bottom. I was lining the bottom of the hot water bottle with cold water, as suggested by South London hardcore Steve Walsh to me a couple of years ago on Twitter. And it was great advice and it was advice that I passed on. But for some reason, now my hot water bottle's, you know, packed in on me. Thankfully, you know, closer to the spring, I probably would have worked harder to replace it if this had happened maybe before Christmas, second half, swallow, 0902. A difficult weekend. I think the first, well, it is the first weekend in a while where I haven't done anything. I just stayed indoors and clearly that is where the problem lies. So I felt very lethargic. I spent most of it in bed, either reading, listening to stuff or catnapping. And of course, when you, well, when I catnap, You know, I get some really weird uh, dreams that leave me very despondent. And that was certainly the case on Saturday. So, it's you know, I can't complain too much. It's uh, I just felt uh, lethargic. I felt low. I'm so glad that uh, January ends today. Normally, now at this stage of my life, I just want life to slow down. You know, I don't want uh, these months to be racing by, but I'd happily do without uh, January at the start of every year. I think January's problem is it it's following hot on the heels of an extrovert. December's such a big month. There's a real momentum to December, whether you like Christmas or not, and uh, the build up to Christmas. And then it's just that massive drop. A new year comes in, you realise you're another year older. Here we go. 0903. Hard swallows, police sirens, both of them destroying this show. I can't even remember what I was talking about now. It doesn't take much to distract me. I've been uh, rehearsing my stand-up, that reminds me, and I did get thrown by another police siren siren whizzing past when I was rehearsing my set, and I thought it doesn't take much to actually make me forget what I'm doing. So it's, it's a difficult weekend. I think next weekend I'll try and make sure I at least get out on the Saturday, just... just uh, you know, mentally, it's probably the right thing to do, even though it ends up costing me money. And right now, with the cost of living spiking, national insurance going up, not being able to afford to heat the the flat. I mean, it's just a, a nightmare period. And, uh, you know, I'm sure it is for, for some of you out there, too. Those of you who aren't sort of, you know, looking to buy another property to add to your uh, buy-to-let portfolio, I know there's a few of you out there looking to compete with Robbie Fowler as uh, the country's biggest landlord. So I've been uh, putting myself down for my first stand-up gigs. Don't have any for February yet. I I need to address that, but I've got a couple in March on the wrong side of town for me, so I've got to work out how to get there. No doubt it will stress me out as uh, those nights come closer. And, you know, I've been rehearsing every night, roughly at the same time after 1,800 hours, just doing an hour solid. And it's it's getting there. I think I've got five of the 20 index cards to memorize. And I'm just doing that thing where I try and remember the thought rather than the line specifically. And that hopefully will be the difference between my stand-up now and my stand-up, you know, some years ago. There is a part of me that thinks, why am I doing this because it's not an environment I like and I'm 
don't particularly feel warmly disposed towards other stand-ups. You know, if I'm looking at people I've dealt with in my work, whether it's footballers, MPs or stand-ups, stand-ups will comfortably be at the top of the list of people I dislike. That's a generalisation, but I do think, you know, there is an ego problem with a lot of stand-ups. I think you've got to have a big ego uh, to do it. I'm not going to say I'm different. Clearly, I need some sort of validation. That's why I'm doing it. I'm also, you know, just keen to test out the material. I'm keen to see if my medication, which I think it will have, will make me able to combat my stage fright, which I've suffered from in the past. And I just want to find the courage to do things that make me uncomfortable. So I've, I've got no problem with that. The problem is that, uh, well, I had to create this Facebook page to get the stand-up gigs and suddenly I'm getting all these friend requests from people I don't know and brain surgery survivors from Florida, I kid you not, and other people with very weird pages and I'm thinking I don't mind adding strangers to to this page if they're actually on the stand-up circuit. I suppose that could be helpful if I'm going to be serious about this but otherwise... Not really. I don't want something else. I I don't think Facebook is Twitter, is it? Where you don't mind on Twitter if strangers follow you because it's about getting your work out there. I've only set up this Facebook page just because I need to get gigs. And it's probably the easiest way to get gigs because for some reason it's the established way to get gigs. Certainly uh, in the UK, there's the voice again. So also got that issue now with bringers again. You know, that issue was always around. You've got to bring a plus one. I had a few more friends a decade ago. I've got far fewer friends now. In fact, I had less. I was stuck. My friends, my list of friends, my number of friends were starting to drop considerably around the hard swallow 908 around uh, 2010 2011 but now it's pretty much zero and it's certainly not fair asking someone the same person to turn up to the same to see the same set so that's one problem so I've got to find bringers for most of these gigs that I'm going to be doing and that's going to be awkward it's going to be expensive and you know, inevitably some people will drop out. Also, there are things to note that if you don't promote the show, which I think is fair enough, they'll deduct a minute from your set. So th- these are things that I've got to deal with around the return to stand-up. But overall, I think returning to stand-up is a, is a positive thing to do. It's, uh, you know, I've kind of got my own little bucket list this year as a creative bucket list rather than... Uh, a way to enjoy my life bucket list and I'm attacking that really well it's uh, been slowed down by something I'll come to shortly Uh, today's plan record this edit this get it out go to the park have a run got to tackle some eBay listings I've got a few well quite a few Star Wars figures that haven't sold clearly Uh, I've sold one in an auction so clearly that's probably the way to go with these and I've got to it means that you can only change the listings by deleting them so I'll have to save all the information for each individual figure save the pictures which I'd cropped and resized etc and then upload them all again you know just need I think uh, maybe an hour to do that at some point there's so much to do that I'm not able to do at the minute just really chasing my tail but I need to get some uh, money and so after a, a run today as well then just uh, pop in perhaps to um, 
spec savers. I think I mentioned that already to get my uh, to see if my new glasses have arrived. I've got the phone on vibrate today in case spec savers call, and more importantly, in case my well my GP is meant to call. And yeah, I've got to try and work out some stuff around some meds. Just trying to see what I can come off, what I can go on. You know, just uh, checking my options, see what might work uh, best for me. Not really sleeping properly, despite the lethargy at the weekend, despite resting in terms of quality of sleep at night. It's just not happening. Very frustrating there. Um, books I read, oh, I, I still haven't eaten. What, what is that? That's hardly podcasting. Today's plan then, after the run, I've got to post this uh, action figure that's sold to this guy. I've got to, got to go to the post office and then, you know, a walk to the cafe, perhaps buy a little, get some bread. You know, I'm thinking, do you need to know all this? But this show is about the minutiae. You, you may as well know all the little things that I need to do. Then I've got to, you know, head to the cafe and work out what I'm going to do in there. Books, quite, uh, quite, quite a lot of reading, actually, at the weekend. Reading a couple of Sherlock Holmes pastiches. My problem with them is that a lot of them tend to be obsessed with Moriarty, which is really strange because he only appeared in one or two Conan Doyle books. It might have actually just been... The one, but was it the final solution? Where they fall, the Reichenbach falls, possibly. But both of these books have got Moriarty, or one of them's got Moriarty's daughter. He now has a daughter. And I just find it a bit tiring. It's the equivalent of the Batman comics that I was obsessed with in the late 80s and early 90s using the Joker at any opportunity. They didn't. That was what was so clever about them. They, they would keep you waiting and when the Joker eventually returned, the comic was all the better for it. But uh, with these Sherlock Holmes pastiches, you know, if I was the publisher and I had these fine authors pitching their proposals and I saw Moriarty's name, I'd say, look, we've had a number of Moriarty's last year. We're doing no more Moriarty for the next three, four years. Can you find something else to write about? That would be a really good idea. So I finished the Sherlock Holmes and the Count one. I didn't really enjoy that, I have to say. I think I forgot to mention that was written by Christian Claver. I didn't say the author's name last week. It was well written, but yeah, it just didn't really work for me. Watson as uh, as a vampire, that whole... I was just a bit disappointed by that. But nevertheless, glad I read the book, scratched a niche with that this week. Well, the last few days, I started it on Friday, finished it yesterday. Revenge from the Grave by David Stuart Davis, one of the finest uh, Sherlock Holmes pastiche writers out there, but this one wasn't one of his best. A brand new Sherlock Holmes mystery. This is the blurb from acclaimed Sherlockian author David Stuart Davis, featuring the return of the sinister Moriarty gang. When Professor James Moriarty plunged over the Reichenbach Falls, the world believed that Sherlock Holmes was also dead. Three years later, Holmes has returned, but so too has a deadly threat. With Moriarty's criminal empire still very much alive, Holmes and Watson are forced to ask themselves if their greatest foe really did perish. It was okay. It was was decent. That was it. Really fun. They're fun to read. If a book's fun to read, I think that's, um, you know, that's the least you want from a book or at the very least that's what you want from book from a book is what I'm trying to say in a very roundabout way maybe it's just too early for me to recall this show I'm, I'm tripping up over my words here I'm also reading Richard Payne's 1996 book on the Kindle 50 years of flicking football more Sabucho research 
And this one covers a new footy, the forerunner of Sabucha. And I've actually found a, a, a guy who, a bit of an authority on new footy to interview on when shorts were short. I've got to get back to him today. That show is, uh, I think that show's pushing me into an early grave, actually. The blurb for 50 Years of Flicking Football. 50 Years of Flicking Football is a concise history of the game of table football. Sabucho, from its inception in 1946 to the modern day, the modern day uh, in this context being 1996. The book will appeal to and bring back memories to countless boys aged 8 to 80 worldwide who at one time have played the game and indeed still do. The author Richard Payne, a lifetime enthusiast, had the benefit of the personal recollections from the inventor of Sabucho, the late Peter Adolf, together with the memories of several famous football personalities. The book also relates the development of the game over the decades, the offshoots of Sabucho to other sports, hints on collecting, and is well illustrated with nostalgic advertisements, action shots, etc. It's a, it's a decent book, quite easy to, to get through on the Kindle. Got some uh, photographs as well, which obviously uh, on a black and white Kindle don't uh, you know, don't replicate brilliantly. Today I'm going to start Beijing Coma. I've been sitting on it for a while from Lambeth Library by Ma Jian, published in the late noughties. I think it was republished in 2019, which would have been the 30th anniversary. Was it 89? It was, yeah. 30th anniversary of the Tiananmen Massacre. That was quite a dramatic year for the world. You had Tiananmen, then you had the wall coming down, and the year ended with the Ceausescu's being uh, gunned down in, uh, might have been Bucharest. Uh, this, this, yeah, this was republished in 2019. Beijing Coma is Ma Yan's masterpiece, spiked with dark wit, poetic beauty, and deep rage. It takes the life and near death of one young student to create a dazzling and excoriating novel about contemporary China. And the outline for the book, Dai Wei lies in his bedroom, a prisoner in his body after he was shot in the head at the Tiananmen Square protest 10 years earlier and left in a coma. As his mother tends to him and his friends bring news of their lives in an almost unrecognisable China, Dai Wei escapes into his memories, weaving together the events that took him from his harsh childhood in the last years of the Cultural Revolution to his student days at Beijing University. As the minute-by-minute chronicling of the lead-up to his shooting becomes ever more intense, the reader is caught in a gripping emotional journey where the boundaries between life and death are increasingly blurred. I'm only allowed to renew this one more time, so I've not got much time to read the book, so I need to make some inroads with it today. It's it's quite a big, chunky book. My bag is so packed at the moment, which I think is leading to back troubles, that that's why Hard Swallow 917, that's why I've been traveling with the Kindle in the last week. Also, this is my, this has been my first full winter traveling with a rucksack since the 80s, the mid 80s. And the thing I've realized about traveling with a rucksack is you sweat more, your back sweats, because you've got the bag on your back. And I haven't had a rucksack. I haven't functioned with a rucksack. Ruck, rucksack, rucksack, ruck, rucksack. Rucksack. There we go. Rucksack. I haven't functioned with one for 35 years, so I noticed these things. So you you got both straps on, you're walking as I do, walk a lot, and your back just sweats. So as I'm nearing the cafe, I'll just 
drop to one strap, which isn't great. You want the weight on both shoulders, but it's just to sort of try and dry out the back because it becomes very, uh, very unpleasant. And I don't think that'll be any different in, in the summer when I'm just, you know, walking around in a T-shirt. It's going to be the same thing. Your back just has this great weight on it. Uh, on the run in front, last Monday I think was an okay run. Last Monday was a comfortable run. Wednesday was really difficult. I didn't feel engaged with it mentally or physically. In fact, I felt really lethargic. And from about half a lap in, I was just thinking I might need to stop this. I just didn't feel... I felt lightheaded. I didn't feel engaged with the run and it was a real struggle. I saw it through, but it was one of those runs. I mean, I... I I think I've only ever had to stop once on a run and that was that was over two years ago now. This was probably an instance where I should have stopped because I didn't really gain anything from continuing. There was no satisfaction at actually, you know, completing the 6K. I just, uh, I don't know what happened. Friday, thankfully, was uh, a bit better. I do wonder whether I just make it a bit more difficult for myself by starting my runs on the climbs. I probably do, but... I feel that once I'm coming down the climb and I start to get into my stride, it's good mentally to know that I've dealt with one of the two painful climbs already and I'm just into my run. That's a, you know, mentally that's a boom. Whereas if I go around the other direction, if I reverse the way I'm running, I've got that to come and I don't particularly look forward to it. The Tuesday Cafe, I was uh, I was in the Tuesday Cafe, well, last Tuesday. I've only been there on my own twice. That was my second time, and I'm guessing they already know my orders. Again, the guy running the place was very uh, unwelcoming. It was busier than it was the previous week. I don't know if you can hear the window there just cracking. Just so drafty, this, this flat. It was busier last week than it had been the first week I was there, I had to sit by the door. There was no other table available, but that was fine with me. But it was very drafty. The door wouldn't close properly when people were coming in. There was another shabby guy arrived, sat outside in his, probably in his 70s, I think, chain smoker. A waitress in her gloves took his cash. He had loads of change on the table, then brought along my glass of coffee in the same gloves, therefore passing on the coinage bacteria to me. And... I think I did okay in there. I wasn't, you know, I got there in the afternoon and it was the right thing to do because otherwise it would have been another day. It would have felt like the weekend, really. It just gets to me when I can't get out, but Tuesdays are a real problem. The coffee in there, thankfully, is very, very good. Hear the traffic building up outside. I mean, the windows might as well be open here. There's nothing double glazing about these windows. On the short film front, I've been tweeting about uh, I need a location for my film. I've got one location, but I need another one. And that, uh, at the moment, that's holding everything up. I can't move on the pre-production without a location. If you do see a tweet for my short film, uh, if you can retweet it, share it. Or if you know anyone who might be able to help, you know, please do uh, get in touch. That would be uh, appreciated because I think that's going to be a real hurdle for me to get past. You're listening to Daniel Ruiz Tyson is available. Episode 371, sweating the small stuff every Monday. Follow me on Twitter and Instagram at 1607westegg, facebook.com forward slash DRT available. Find all my work at danielruiztyson.com where you've got Ko-Fi or coffee. Need to check that. 
pronunciation. Still haven't got round to it. You've got the coffee.com and PayPal links at danielruestyson.com if you're able to make a one-off donation to the show. Otherwise, there's the Patreon page that keeps this uh, show alive, dropping in numbers, but still hanging on patreon.com forward slash DRT. Available. Appreciate those of you who do continue to support the uh, podcast and uh, please do leave a review for, for you know for the show via whatever platform you listen to it on. I know that they can do reviews now on Spotify. Obviously, Apple Podcasts is the big one. And you know, creators always ask this for a reason: more reviews equals more people find this show, and maybe I'll come to dread podcasting a little less than I do. It's time to give you my nectar points. Time also to switch the light on. Give me a moment. All right, we're all lit. I'm not. Sh- I don't think there's any uh, eBay points that I need to factor in here. So my points balance going into Friday's small shop was 162. I used the only coupon that I have that was meant to give me bonus points, which it did, but it was only marginal, uh, marginal gain. Uh, I bought some uh, semi-skimmed milk, mixed chili beans, tin of that. Uh, blueberries and uh, the Hall's sugar-free lozenges addiction continues. Two of those for 60p. Superdrugs are currently out of them. I've tried three Superdrug stores. They're all out of them, so clearly a supply problem. Everything came to £3.81. Points earned, three points with a bonus point, six. Actually, so I got nine points in the end, which still isn't very... Good. I think uh, that's it. I now remember the coupon was treble your points. And obviously I have misused it, really. I should have used it when I'd made a bigger, done a bigger shop. But I don't really do a big shop in Sainsbury's these days. I'm very much uh, stuck with little at the moment. So uh, previous points balance, 162. Nine points earned. My new points balance is 171. Uh, one of the last buses I got uh, the last time the man had his... Uh, Claws in me. Points are worth 85p, so nothing is going to be happening there very soon. Star Wars football. Well, the season is almost uh, at an end. Very dramatic. And also, my maths is going to be a real problem this season because it's very likely, as I said last week, that the title is going to be decided on goal difference. And I've been doing my calculations and realising that I'm wrong. That, Well, I'll come to it in a minute, but it's a bit of a problem so the last game that I told you about was on last week's show that was the 23rd that was the Sunday it was Tatooine 2 X-Wing 2 sticking with the Tatooine uh, pronunciation there Tatooine uh, went through to the final their third consecutive Champions League final they won 4-3 on aggregate on Tuesday the 25th Endor and Zepho lined up at Endor the smallest team in the Champions League just uh, 45,000 oh I've touched the keyboard there. How do I turn this off now? Now I'm coming across like an old man. How do I stop this? <sighs> this is actually now doing what Alexa is meant to do. It's a- <sighs> I don't even have an Alexa. I don't know what I'm talking about. Right, how do I stop this? This is ridiculous. What? I mean, what's going on? Right, I'm going to have to close this down. Right, and let's let's uh, let's open that document again. That's because I rested the uh, results book, Star Wars results book, on the on the keyboard. 
Hope it's not doing it again. Pick up where you left off with my notes. Right. So, be careful results placement here. Endor and Zepho, that was nil-nil from the first leg. And uh, Endor took the lead just before halftime. A goal from their skipper, Globy, on 12 minutes. Bit of a, a, a jammy goal, as kids would have said, in the playground some years ago. And in the end, Endor ran out 3-0 winners for Zepho. A successful first season of the Champions League. No one expected them to progress so far, but they did show themselves to be a good Champions League team and they'll be back in the competition next uh, next season. Two goals from Finn made it a, a 3-0 win that made it look more comfortable than it otherwise was. Endor and Tatooine both unbeaten going into the final. I think Tatooine are now unbeaten in 20 or 21 Champions League games. Endor, this is their first season reaching the final, their third final as well. They've lost two, remember. Uh, it's the first time that, that they've reached a final without actually losing a game. FA Cup semi-final replay on the 26th, whenever that was, that was Wednesday. X-Wing all drawn the derby. X-Wing won by goal to nil, a deserved win for them as well. A goal from TIE Fighter, his first since signing for X-Wing. Seven minutes from time. And X-Wing now go through to the final against Rebels, who beat favourites Besbin by three goals to nil. If you remember, League Week 13, Besbin travelled to Hoth. Besbin still unbeaten in the league. Hot favourites for the title, but uh, haven't really pulled away, haven't been the most attacking of teams, and they've taken some stick for that. Hoth played well, but they are marooned at the bottom on six points. And if you remember last season, Silver Age Season 5, Hoth were set to win the league. They travelled to Bespin, a mistake by their keeper. Hoth Trooper, who was, by the way, suspended for this game, cost them the game. Bespin beat them 1-0, and Hoth ended up losing the title in very dramatic fashion in their final game when Tatooine scored in the last 10 seconds at X-Wing to, to win the title by, I think, a couple of points. Uh, Bespin rode out the storm in the first half and then two goals from Bosk to take his season's tally to 20, equaling the tally from Silver Age Season 3 when Besbin last won the title. Uh, two goals from Bosk gave Besbin all three points, which means they cannot be overtaken points-wise. The only way they can lose the title is on goal difference and having increased their goal difference now to plus eight, that does look unlikely. Or does it? Alderaan on Saturday, comfortable 3-0 win over Rebels, a hat-trick for B-Wing, who's getting an extended run in the team. Alderaan went into the half-time break already 3-0 up, couldn't build on the goals though, which they really would have needed. And again, their goal difference, they're on plus four now. So it really is going to come down to goal difference. They're on 20 points. Besbin are on 23. Rebels stay in seventh, I think, on 12 points. Last night, Death Star on X-Wing. X-Wing, Besbin's win at X... Uh, Besbin's win at Hoth meant that X-Wing could no longer win the league. They were, though, still going for the Champions League spot. They're in sixth place on 16 points. Death Star, I think, in fifth. Let me just check... On 17 points, a run of three successive wins has pulled them into the Champions League spots. No, Death Star were... F well, Death Star were fifth because Aldrin had climbed up to second. Death Star, brilliant performance last night. They won by three goals to one. They'll kick themselves at uh, the goal they conceded. It was a bit of a soft goal, but uh, nevertheless, they've improved their goal difference to plus three. And they, of course, face Besbin in the final game. And I'm really trying to work out the goal difference. It's a tricky one. Besbin at the moment have plus eight. Death Star have plus three. Alderaan have plus four. Tatooine and Empire meet. 
I think it's Tatooine traveling to Empire or Empire traveling to Tatooine. They can still both win the league, but obviously one of them won't. Whoever loses tonight certainly won't. And they're both trying to get to the Champions League as well. So it's a very competitive end to the season. I think what the teams will learn is, given the lack of goals this season, the difficult transition to eight aside from seven aside, that next season they will be more attacking. That's certainly been the case with Death Star, who began the season in very defensive fashion, unbeaten for a few games, but just not winning enough games. And that's probably ultimately cost them the title but they're in a very impressive side right now one defeat in 14 games they've also reached the Europa League final of course I'm trying to work out they've got plus three Bespin have plus eight but Death Star now have 12 goals they've conceded nine so that's plus three Bespin have 14 goals conceded only six plus eight if Death Star win three nil that would give them 15 15 goals, they've conceded nine. That would give them a goal difference of plus six. And that would be enough to actually get the title from Besbin, I think. And if it's actually only 2 nil, then that might become more complicated. Uh, 14, eight, that would be plus six. Death Star would have... No, it has to be 3 nil. It's, it's confusing. As I say, the numbers, anything that comes down to numbers, I'm, I'm struggling. I'm really going to have to sit down and work that out because I remember last season, the final game, again, a Cloud City derby between Death Star and Besbin. Besbin lost 2-0, but I thought that on goal difference, they were still, they'd nabbed that last Europa League place, but it turned out as I was writing out the table, they hadn't. Death Star had actually nabbed it, but in my commentary, I'd actually said that Besbin had secured that last spot which uh yeah not great really but that's that's me and uh numbers so that's star wars football let's move on to the cafe i arrived in the cafe last monday afternoon after getting episode 370 out and having a run found myself greeted by the beard who was in the alfresco area stroking a dog with his right hand i made a mental note of that if he was delivering any tall glasses that day chances were that he might not have washed his hands post the dog stroking i mean would he have had the opportunity to wash his hands before delivering my glass it does happen all the time with people and dogs particularly dog owners and i've told you before of a night when i went to a meal with the next uh, we go we've got some building work outside going on now let me try and get through this i went to a meal with an ex and her friends had two dogs who were constantly walking around the table during dinner fine with that no problem it's the dog's house but one of them started stroking the dog this was one of the hosts then fetched me a glass of water holding the glass from the top without having washed their hands after the dog stroking apart from the etiquette itself you're meant to hold a glass from the bottom you know this was someone holding a glass from the top just having stroked a dog and I remember trying to see when I was taking sips if I could distort my lips stroke like to avoid complete lip to glass rim placement hoping I'd strike it lucky with a part of the glass that might not have had any dog germs on it on a brighter non-canine note not mixed table was free when I arrived I nabbed it before not Mick arrived with his signature decaf americano order no please no thank you more uh, demand Hard swallow, 0937. Very disappointing that this was a day when I could cash in on a free coffee. Again, as I'm able to this afternoon, only to find that Mr. Tricolor was on duty despite the presence of heavyweight coffee makers Seb K and the illustrated man in the cafe. And I like the fact that I've steered 
Mondays. I've steered the free coffee towards the Mondays because Tuesdays are so difficult for me with the cafe closed that, and, you know, I can't go there for 48 hours that I feel, well, you know, I'm going to make the most of it on the Monday. I'm going to spend some good time here writing. I'm going to have three coffees, claim one free, but it's not working out because Tricolor's there and his coffee is just awful. They look great, but the coffee is so weak. And I'm not a guy who loves strong coffee, but I've, what I've done is I've just left it, as I've said in recent weeks, I've left it too late to address this uh, this issue. And I'm constantly having to stir the lattes, left-handed, of course. But every time I'm sipping, I'm constantly stirring it to try and get some flavor in that coffee. I'm due a free one again today. And just thinking about it, given that he's likely to be behind the bar again, Mr. Tricolor, I might need to see if I can retweak my orders so I'm getting my free coffee on a day when I can maybe go in the morning before Mr. Tricolor is in because uh, I'm pretty certain he's going to be on duty this afternoon. There was a tiny window last Monday where Seb K was on coffee making duty, but I timed my order wrong and again the underwhelming Tricolor arrived and I was just so disappointed. I wasn't crushed, I was just disappointed. One thing that caught my attention as I washed my hands upon arrival last Monday over by the ladies' taps, a tissue had been left. Looked like my female alter ego might have left it there. Obviously, someone not wanting to bear back the taps with her hands and using the tissue as a screen, which I applaud. Difference being, though, that I then bin my tissue. The mystery lady had just dumped her tissue there, which I thought was pretty bad. It's like, I'm all right, Jack. I've done what I need to do. I'm just going to leave my tissue here for someone else to uh, pick up and dispose, uh, dispose of. On Wednesday morning around 10.37 hours, that was another hard swallow there, 0940. Are you keeping uh, you keeping count of these? On Wednesday morning around 10.37 hours on South Lambeth Road, I just had blood tests and then popped in to see my aunt and uncle who are now online. My cousin's got them online. I When I turned up, my aunt claimed that they were already online because my uncle had been able to see his face on the iPad. There must have been a FaceTime call or he must have pressed the camera. I don't know. But uh, trying to get my uncle to use the phone that he's been given. He's been given the phone and the iPad. The idea is that with the iPad, you can Bluetooth the online connection from the phone. I wasn't able to do that. I left that to my cousin and they're going to be, you know, I think they're a bit more tech savvy than me when it comes to this stuff. I was dealing with the phone and I was trying to show my uncle, uh, you know, how you can maybe bring up some pages and he was hitting the buttons. I don't think I've ever seen anyone, not buttons, you know, the touchscreen, but he was just banging it to try and bring up the BBC page. And then I was setting up the tabloid pages so he could see his football and I thought, I don't think I've ever seen anyone hit a touchscreen phone so hard. It's not going to be easy, but I'm I'm sure he'll get there. It did remind me a bit of the time back in 2001 where my dad asked me to teach him how to use Excel, which I can still barely use these days, but it did make for a very long uh, weekend. I forgot to say, I keep meaning to say, every time I go up to the 11th floor of my aunt and uncle's flat, I'm always conscious that my uncle, he is a bit of a lift voyeur because they can see, they've got a little screen in their flat, they can see whoever's coming up in the lift. And my uncle does tend to linger, despite having now been in that flat for 29 years this year. It's still a novelty to him. He does like watching people 
in the lift, seeing how they're acting. So I always just try to keep my hands in my pockets and not face the camera, not do anything that might mark me out as vain, uh, as vain rather. I just felt my voice go there. Anyway, uh, moving on, back to the cafe. I saw future me ahead of me. Uh, this might have been, I think this was, oh, this was still Wednesday morning after I left my aunt and uncle's. I saw future me ahead of me heading northbound on South Lambeth Road in a nice teal duffel coat, but he was popping into the rival cafe set up on the side of the former and much missed Spanish restaurant, Rebatos, Rebatos. And I was uh, relieved by that because I really, I need to do some work in the cafe and I just thought if future me's in there we're going to end up chatting a lot which is nice but I also need to get some work done there were a couple of friends in the cafe not my friends just friends people who are friends in fact this is something I saw a couple of times in the cafe last week friends splitting bills is there anything uglier restaurant wise than the splitting a bill visual I mean, I'm a writer. We don't money doesn't come to us easily, but I'd rather pay an entire bill than go through the split in a bill visual. And it's usually the tightest people who are trying to split the bill. People who can afford to pay who are splitting the bill. My second latte that morning, unfortunately, was a tricolour, but at least the first latte, Vicep K, was a really nice coffee Friday afternoon some left-handed tall glass holding small talk with a beard as I asked him about the Diaz signing for Liverpool this is the Colombian player that they've signed from Porto oh he's better than Jota came the reply at the same time overheard in the cafe a middle-class English woman to one of her friends I wake up I look at myself in the mirror and I think oh my god what is that I never look in the mirror first thing in the morning, so I get where this woman's coming from because I, I just avoid it because I you know I know what she's talking about and uh, once you get past thirty five, just best to avoid that. Wash your face, brush your teeth when you get up, avoid the mirror, have your breakfast, shower, get on with your day. Post shower, you're ready for the mirror. Thought I'd forgotten my shopping on Friday. That was a really bad way to end in the cafe. I, I thought I'd forgotten my shopping. I popped across the road to the library. I'd given uh, the beard and Sebke a big have a nice weekend, etc. We'd ended on a high note. And then I thought, where's my shopping? And I went back into the cafe. I said, have I left my shopping here? And some guy had already taken the table that I was sat at. I was sat at the central table. I hadn't been able to uh, nab not mixed table. And uh, let me just, before I finish this anecdote, my eyes are hurting, but I was told that the eyes would hurt until you get used to the, the new glasses. Uh, glasses, Dave, just finish the show, wrap up. And the shopping wasn't there. No one had seen the shopping, and I thought, I wonder. And I opened my bag, and the shopping was in my bag. And I just said to the guys, I think I've just gotten old. I think this is what happens when you get old, or old and stressed. As is the case, I wasn't really embarrassed. Uh, I hope that they, I think they saw the funny side of it. And then I just uh, gave them another greeting, uh, another, you know, have a nice weekend. Low key this time, you know. And just crossed the road and tried to forget about it. I thought maybe I can end the show on Monday. I can end the show on that note. And that is it. That is the end of this week's show. I'm off to make myself a fourth glass of coffee this morning. Meantime, it is time for you to get those shoulders back. Keep on walking towards the sun. I'm Daniel Ruiz-Tyson, and this start of the week, I have been available. 